and welcome to the Let's Not Panic podcast. We're two practical people chronicling a pretty impractical trip from San Francisco to Patagonia and back again. We're trying not to panic. If you're just joining us, I'm Maggie. And I'm Adam. And we're a married couple who've quit our jobs, given up our lease, and hit the road in a Toyota 4Runner that's now our home. Indeed. Ah, she missed it again. Quit? <laughs> he, he keeps messing with the script so that when I get to home, it's a different word every time. What's Sloan anyway? That's not even... Isn't she uh, a music artist from the 90s? What? Or is it a he? I don't know. I don't Sloan? Know. Isn't that a band? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Pop culture references aren't really your your thing. Yeah, but I'd steer clear of that <laughs> if I were you. <laughs> it rhymed with home, so anyway. I thought, all right, all right. So where are we, Maggie? We're in Ushuaia. We're at the end of the world. Yeah, we did it. We we're really, here. We really did it. Yeah. Um, we're too far away to give a high five, but high five. High five. Yeah. Well, we high fived yesterday about it. Yeah. When we were literally at the end of the road. We did a whole bunch of really cheesy pictures. It's true. They were cheesy, and they were cheesy at my behest. But I also figure we're only going to be at the end of the world once, so we might as well get in, like, sentimental, cheesy photos for ourselves. Indeed, indeed. You know? But, as always, we're jumping ahead. It's true. We're jumping ahead. So, last we recorded, we were in Punta Arenas. No, last we recorded, we were in Puerto Natales. Ah, uh, right. We were about to leave for Punta Arenas. Mm-hmm. Um, we had been hanging out with William and Katya. Mm-hmm. And who were at the very end of their trip and had sold their vehicle and are now back in Switzerland. Yeah, they're back. They did it. They did it. Yeah. Punta Arenas, what did you think, Maggie? I would totally move there. Yeah, she was. She kept saying, like, oh, I love this city. And I was like, oh. It's just really cute. It yeah. seems like a place where people actually live. Yeah. I just know that it gets so cold and so snowy, and I but know see, that towns like that, really clam up when it gets to be hard winter. No, no, no. But I don't intend to live there during the winter. What I intend to do is become um, a millionaire or like billionaire, live really comfortably. Millionaire, billionaire, no big deal. You know, same diff. Um, And like have homes all around the world Uh because of my millions and billions of dollars, which I made, uh, I don't know. With your podcasting empire. With my podcasting empire. That's right. Mm -hmm. I hear it's very lucrative. So um, live there during the summer months. Then leave when it gets cold. Ah, See? See right. what I did there? Okay. That's how I'm going to live in Punta Arenas. Got it. Because the minute it starts snowing, I'm out of there. Yeah. <laughs> One really cool thing in Punta Arenas, uh, they have all these shipwrecks just sitting around. And we actually posted yeah. a couple of these to our Instagram if you want to actually see the results of this. But it, like, they're just like next to the, the coast on the city. is just like this beautiful ship that's like deteriorating. Yeah, these rusted out giant ships just yeah. all up and down the coast um, between Punta Arenas and the ferry that yeah. we took to get to um, Tierra del Fuego. Mm-hmm. And it's, one of my friends made the comment, it's like an elephant graveyard. And that's kind of totally what it feels like because it's these huge remains just all over the place. And it is so cool. Yeah. We drove by it when we were on our way to the ferry. So we stayed in Punta Arenas for a day or two, hung out. Um and then we hit, wanted to hit the road and go to Tierra del Fuego. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the jumping off point for that. Yeah. And we drove two hours. Mm-hmm. We got to the ferry, and there's this enormous line. Of big rigs. Of big rigs and an enormous line of normal cars just parked, basically, waiting mm-hmm. like half a mile from where the ferry is supposed to be. So we can't yeah. even get to the like the office. And it, it's just like incredibly windy, too. Like so Even these windy. big rigs are just rattling in the wind. You can see them shaking, and it was really... Uh, 
we're always a little bit nervous now in the yeah, wind because really. of our tent incident. Yeah, the uh, tent calamity <laughs> um, has not been completely alleviated either because while we were parked here in the ferry line, the people behind us like honked and like got my attention and like pointed at something behind me and I'm like, what's what's going on? Do I have something on my back? No, no kick me sign. It was like the wind was blowing at this angle and our car was static just sitting there and I think just having it not be moving at all makes it even worse for the wind trying to open up our tent. Mm. But our tent was slowly opening and I was freaking out because it's just held by this one rope that we got from that guy that stopped and helped us. Uh, the maybe or maybe not cowboy. Yeah, the cowboy guy. I think that was two episodes back that we talked about it or maybe one gone with the wind. Um, but we haven't completely solved this problem yet. And, to, and at this Adam, point, we are freaking out or I'm freaking out because <laughs> yeah, I do Adam's not freaking want this out. thing. Adam thinks that the whole tent is going to come off of the uh, thing that it is bolted down on. So I think that's a possibility. I don't I don't think it's... I would say... I'm not going to bet Adam, that it's going to happen. Let's not panic. I just... <laughs> like, it's metal. All that's holding it are these little buckles on the bottom of it. I it's mean, mounted at nine points. Or bolts. But when you sit there and watch it in the wind, you can see it move yeah. and, like, dr- lifting up from the metal bars. And so I'm like, oh, geez. If so the wind triples all of a sudden, like, one huge gust could really take it. And yeah. That would be pretty bad. So as we're sitting there... Uh, and Adam is getting increasingly frantic about potentially having the tent rip off the car entirely. Um, we realize that the ferry has been canceled. Yeah. And it's just like super common. Like the wind is way too strong. There's no way they're going to make the trip. So a lot of the big rigs were just going to camp out there overnight. Yep. Um, we had no interest in doing that. So we went back all the way two hours. Because we couldn't have camped. We thought about trying to camp, but it was like there was no cover anywhere. And in that wind, we're just as likely to lose the tent. Right. (laughs) Opening the tent just puts us at huge risk. And the other thing is, and we didn't know this at that time, usually when there's strong wind, it comes from one dominant direction. And it Mm -hmm. stays like that all the way through the night, or for the most part, stays that way. doesn't change too much. So we can point the car so that it's kind of wedged into the wind. The front of the, the tent is like a triangle, um, we can make it a wedge into the wind, and then it's a lot better. But if it's hitting us broadside or hitting us from behind, it's just so chaotic, and it also stresses me out because it really seems like it might rip the fabric at some point. So we're just, we we ruled out camping, and we're like, okay, let's go all the way back. And I don't know, I wasn't that bummed. I was, it was a beautiful drive, and I, yeah, no, I mean, it was just like, all right, well, it took us past all those boat graveyards again. So, and on the way there, we hadn't stopped to take any pictures because we were like, oh, we're trying to catch this ferry. Yeah. And on the way back, we're like, fuck it, let's stop everywhere. Yeah. Like, take ridiculous pictures of road signs with uh, unique animal crossings on them and the like. Plus, I knew we could get, some steak and wine so that's always kind of a consolation prize whatever happens in the day i'm like all right well if we get steak and wine yeah again tonight yeah which you did it's kind of a win yeah you had steak and wine yeah um so then the next day we caught the ferry as we were actually supposed to and headed over to the chilean side of tierra del fuego yeah and tierra del fuego is a big island it's not connected to the main land mass of south america and i'd say it's i don't know i don't know state sizes but it's not it's bigger than Delaware. <laughs> it's it's like half of an organ, I think. It's okay. actually pretty big. It's bigger than Delaware. <laughs> yeah, as a starting point. So yeah, we got onto this huge island, and it's 
also very interesting because it's divided in half between Chile and Argentina. Okay. Interesting and also kind of annoying because it means that we have to yeah. cross the borders like a bajillion it's, times. It's Argentina, but it's this piece of Argentina that's completely cut off from the rest of Argentina. So no mm-hmm. matter what you do, unless you take a ferry to the mainland of Argentina, you have to cross back into Chile. Mm-hmm. To get and then it. back into Argentina, which is what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. We, we'll see. Uh, we'll get to that at the very end of our topics today. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it, the we got onto Chilean Tierra del Fuego. And interestingly, this is kind of a switch. Chile, Chile is pretty well developed everywhere but on Tierra really del Fuego well developed, yeah yeah but on Tierra del Fuego there's very little established cities yeah. um very little development there's no national park there there's and it was, one gas station yeah one gas station that's part of like a logging company's operation and they just have a pump in the back of the, the logging operation and there's only one guy who's authorized to use the pump yeah and we showed up one day just like okay we're at the gas station Seems like a ghost town because like we could hear machinery going, but we couldn't see anyone like there was just no one at all around. Yeah. Anyway, it was just on his lunch break, but that we had to wait like an hour and a half for him to come back. Nothing has ever reminded me of a zombie apocalypse so much as that whole scene where you like walking in and it's clear <laughs> that like all the doors are left open and like stuff was happening here. but. <laughs> everyone's gone and it's kind of creepy and you're like yelling hello hello it's super and these huge and like broken like, windows and like weird little details like that yeah yeah it was it was kind of a weird situation and especially for how friendly the guy was who ended up oh, coming yeah. to help us well it it's just like, like every guy was cleared out yeah they're all gone um anyway so we yeah we had to fill up gas and there's constant question of like do we have enough gas in the jerry cans to make it to the camp spot that we had chosen and then come back here it's like no mm-hmm. we don't so we have to wait yeah. we ended up waiting like 45 minutes before they, they came back no it was an hour and a half oh really yeah the first time oh okay the second time we only waited like 10 minutes okay anyway um so we went to the king penguin reserve uh-huh. in chilean side yeah which was amazing yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. The King penguins. penguins are just emperor penguins, but slightly smaller. Yeah, Maggie loves <laughs> silly birds, so they I think are the king of silly birds. <laughs> well, they're the they're not the emperors of ki- of silly birds. I they're know just they're not the, the, the emperors, but I d- I you know we're not doing Antarctica. Yeah. We're not going there, so I'm gonna. In my experience, even sillier than flamingos. Yeah, the way that they just lie down on the ground. And they stand there, and one of them will, will just like make a bellowing, weird noise. They for look like, like burritos. Ten seconds straight. <laughs> they look like burritos with faces. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good description. I'd say that's about right. They're so silly. <laughs> so we camped right next to the Penguin Reserve, um, and it was really windy and really cold. Not right next to it. We went up the road from it. You could. Yeah. Some people actually camp in the parking lot of that place. So yeah, that's but who wants to camp in the parking I, lot? I, I just that's wanted gross. to differentiate. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. We didn't camp in the parking lot because that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who'd do that. Yeah. We went up the road a little bit. We found this spot that was kind of nice with like a tiny bit of wind cover, uh, but not enough because we got rocked pretty hard that night. Yeah, it had a hill that was blocking the wind, but this is actually what I was I got distracted. The wind changes. So that's oh, the, yeah. that's what happened. We were just getting we set up the car perfectly into the wind, but something about this area, Patagonia, the southern tip of South America, I think there's winds from two oceans that are crossing. And so sometimes you'll have really really strong wind from one direction and sometimes you'll have really strong wind from another direction. So, so we s- oh. So we started getting hit on my side of the tent in the middle of the night, which woke me up because I was 
moved bodily by it because <laughs> I was like, I guess leaning a little bit against the side of the tent and didn't realize because I sleep on my side a lot. Yeah. And it like pushed me. And I woke up because I had the sensation of like being pushed around, yeah. you know, and I thought, oh, I must be in Adam's space or something like, you know. Because that's what I'll do. I'll just push you out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's what love looks like. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, and it was just the fucking wind. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. And we wanted to, I, it started being really windy around four in the morning. And I, you know, I looked at the clock. I'm like, do we just get up and get out of here? Or should we just no. weather the storm? Yeah, I knew that you wouldn't be down for that. <laughs> But Can you imagine <laughs> the like bottomless ire you would have been subjected to if you woke <laughs> oh me up man. at four o'clock in the morning? You're that like, listen, it's too windy. We got to move and we can't make coffee. Yeah. I think I would have just murdered you. We have to pack up the entire camp right now mm-hmm. in the dark mm-hmm. and cold mm-hmm. and wind mm-hmm. and leave. That might happen. I'm just saying. Just brace yourself. But yeah, I, that was definitely part of the equation I was calculating in my head. Yeah. Like how if this was two atoms in this tent. That would be one decision, but an Adam and a Maggie. Well, no. It would have made you cranky and unpleasant, too. Let's not pretend like you would have been happy about that decision. Oh, no. I just, (laughs) I I wouldn't be hesitant about pissing myself off. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Anyway, the Mm. next day, we saw foxes in our campsite, which was really cool. My fox itch has really been satisfied now. Yeah, we've seen a lot of foxes now. We saw three that day. When I first when I saw the first fox and I was talking about it, people kind of gave me a look like, "Who cares about foxes?" Like, I don't think anyone said that. No, th- it was the two girls from Australia, and I think it's because oh, they, have, they foxes have foxes and they're all not. The time. They're like the raccoons of yeah. Australia. Yeah. Well, that's different. Yeah, they okay. don't. They eat their chickens and stuff. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the girl who'd grown up on the farm was like, "You mm, want to see foxes?" Mm, yeah. Okay, Americans. Okay, okay weirdo. Um, But yeah, foxes. It was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And we ended up driving to the southernmost road in Chile on the Tierra del Fuego side uh, just because it was supposed to be really beautiful. Which it was. And it was. It delivered. Um, There's this really long, thin lake. Um, Maybe look, check out a map. We're going to have a map of where we went Mm -hmm. uh, with this episode on the show notes. But uh, there's a long, thin lake that extends all the way across Tierra del Fuego. It's almost like a huge channel but it doesn't make it all the way. Mm-hmm. And we passed that lake and there's just this huge mountain pass and it was a beautiful meadow that we got to camp on for that last night. It was a nice spot. And then the next day we tried to cross the border only to find that the border crossing that we had gone to was closed. Yeah, that was a question too because there are two border crossings on the entire island and one is supposed to be closed in winter. It's not quite winter and it seems a little early in the year. When we got to the Chilean side, the Chilean agent said, no, you can't go this way. There's a bridge. The bridge isn't running right now. Yeah. And, and I had read about it. It's like a very small bridge, but you can also just drive through the river. The river's not very high, mm-hmm. and you have a vehicle capable of that. And yeah. in Shadow's probably a vehicle. If any vehicle's capable of it, Shadow's capable of it. And I was like, hmm. But we decided to just listen to him and not argue, not yeah. push the point. Because the, the border crossing between Chile and Argentina are separated by about three kilometers, and it would suck to get checked out immigration-wise from Chile drive three kilometers only to discover that you can't cross into Argentina. Yeah. So I think that's why he's just plays it safe and just says like, no, it's closed. You got to go the other way. So that added like four hours of driving. Unfortunately, we had a pretty long day. It was a really pretty drive. Yeah. It's beautiful past um, all this flat land and a million Wanakos and 
cool birds and mm-hmm. you know lots of caracaras big birds of prey and stuff we saw condors yeah we did you know it it could have been a lot worse but we did end up making the decision to just drive really far all the way into Ushuaia that night yep so we got in at about like 9 30 which is really late for us yeah we don't typically stay on the road it was really good roads though yeah we cra- crossed at the san sebastian border crossing and though that crossing was really easy mm-hmm we have to give it credit for being one of the easiest. There's Man, supposed to be an the, inspection. For real, if any of the crossings between Chile and Argentina end up being a huge pain in the butt, I'm going to be so salty because they have they, they have share been. so much border. No, no, but I mean like a real problem. Like think like our Colombian experience. Oh, well, that's well, which which one? The one where we had to pay a bribe? <laughs> one anyway. the entrance was really hard because that's different right, right that right. wasn't uh, for us it wasn't a problem but yeah, yeah. but anyway that like they share so much border it's sort of like you'd think that all of those crossings would be kind of easy do just you rem- because do you remember what katya said she crossed they crossed next to santiago and mendoza mm-hmm. which is a very very busy crossing yeah that crossing in the pass and it was something like six or seven hours yeah. Oh, yeah. I right. forgot about I that. forgot how long she said, but... Yeah, it was like six hours for them, but they made friends with somebody who got stuck at that border for 19 hours. Yeah. Because the border crossing there is open 24. Yeah. And I just can't even imagine the bottom, 19, bottomless depth I mean, 19 my, hours, it starts to be at the point that you just drive to the next one. Like, you could... Right? 19 hours, it's faster to just drive yeah, why wouldn't 10 you just hours. Leave? Well, because you don't know it's going to be 19 hours I when you start. So, but at like 10 hours. Yeah. Anyway... Um, so we spent a couple days in Ushuaia and it's like a cute tourist town. It's the jumping off point for Antarctica. Beautiful surroundings. I yeah. don't know. You see these mountains across totally. the way. Yeah. There's an island to the south here and it's got a range uh, that just like really sharp peaks all clustered together. It's really cool looking. Um, and if you ever wanted to buy penguin bric-a-brac, uh, and you were willing to commute to do it, this is where you should come. <laughs> That's quite the commute. Cause they sell fucking penguin anything. Yeah. Penguin everything. There are a lot of penguin stuffs. It's true. Yeah. I understand their point. Penguins are amazing. Um, and we drove from here to what is supposed to be the southernmost road in South America. Yeah. We drove as far as the road goes. Um, there, there's like a really heated debate because there's a road on, I think it's called Isla Navarro, mm-hmm. which is the island I just mentioned to the yeah. south. There's a road there, but the road doesn't go very su- south on the island, and mm-hmm. so it's very, very close. There's a road there, but this road goes just a little bit further south latitude-wise. Yeah. So that day we set out, and Adam's like, are you ready to go to the end of the world? And I was like, oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> and then we get there, and he's like, surprise, there's a Navy base here. You can't actually go to the end of the world. <laughs> and I have never been so salty at such an I, exciting moment I in my just, life. I forgot to mention it to you because it's <laughs> like, oh, I had read it multiple times. Like, don't expect very much at the end because there's not <laughs> like you get to a cliff and it, you're well, constrained. There's, still a cliff. there's a cliff, but it's not it's not like you're getting to the southern edge of the continent and you're constrained by the physicality of the cliff of the edge of the continent. Yeah. Kind of what you'd imagine. Kind of like, yeah, what I'd imagined every time I imagined screaming cuss words off the end of the world. Yeah. Um, it's not that because the road ends way, actually way, way, way before that. Yeah. You'd have to hike to get, uh, like hike probably four or five days to get to the southern 
landmass tip. Right, right. But I knew, like, you know, the road part anyway. Yeah. So and this was the end of the road part. <laughs> and it was and just... And super a casually, Adam's like, oh, yeah, here's the Navy <laughs> base. Yeah, no, you can't go in there. And I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> we came all this way to not be let in? Yeah. I turned to Maggie and I was like, this is definitely one of those, it's about the journey, not the destination <laughs> moments. <laughs> <laughs> this is a teachable moment for you. And she's like, I do not want to hear that right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was like a very bittersweet feeling because this entire time we've been going, we're like, and then we're going to get to Tierra del Fuego. Yeah. And now we're here. We well, did it. We did it. It's about the journey, not the I know. It's crazy to reach the destination, especially because in the opening script of this little podcast that we've been doing every week, I say the same thing. Like, oh, we're going to, you know, go to Patagonia, San Francisco to Patagonia. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> There's actually two episodes after we had arrived in Patagonia that we realized that we, we had were to just saying. The script. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, wait, we're already in Patagonia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. um, so it's like. I don't know. I thought it was very meaningful. It was like a kind of, it oh. was a sentimental day. Yeah. I've, I've, it was kind of blended into the entire arrival on Tierra del Fuego, mm -hmm. the island. For me, I was like, oh, yeah. we're, we're here. We're really like, here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we did it. Yeah. And now. And we saved the life aquatic to watch <laughs> in our tent yep. for that night. We camped at the and most amazing spot too. Oh, I yes. think it might, it's, I don't know how it worked out this way, but it just was like everything perfect. We leveled the car without having to level it with, with the levelers. levelers or even think about it really. Yeah. Um, and that was on a really uneven area, but mm -hmm. it just happened to be like, we found the perfect level spot, even though it was yeah. hilly, muddy, area. not like muddy, a, but grassy. A perfect shadow shaped level spot. Yeah. And then wild horses came by and were like kind of scoping us out because that's where they usually hang out, we think. Yeah, they were not happy that we were there. And there was a beautiful lighthouse that I guess is like kind of famous because it's so far south. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I did not know that. Anyway, there was a lighthouse right there. So we could go and sit underneath the lighthouse and look out at the ocean and smell the ocean. And it was just like a beautiful, lovely and like windless night. Mm -hmm. It was so yeah, beautiful. Yeah, the, the weather came out of nowhere and it was just amazing all yeah. night. And we had a beautiful morning, too. And it was just like perfect amount of privacy from the road. Mm -hmm. uh, the road's not very busy, so it wasn't that big a deal. <laughs> For but that one person who drove by this morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but one of my favorite spots. I think so. Um, and then, yeah. So I guess now would be a good time to look forward and say, like, what's the plan? What's the plan here, Phil? So we don't have one. No. No, we, we kind of have a plan. <laughs> we have a pretty good plan, actually. So we're meeting friends in Buenos Aires mm -hmm. the beginning of May. Yes. So we've got a good amount of time to just take it easy and head north. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to do that. We're going to head north through Patagonia and pick up, maybe do some treks when it gets a little bit warmer. Yeah. Um, go to some of the spots that we missed in our rush down. Yeah. And then cross into Chile. And do the Carretera Austral, with mm -hmm. like the I think the Austral Highway, yeah, uh, which is this. It goes through a whole bunch of fjords, and like you have to take ferries a lot to cross between islands. And, and everyone likes fjords, yeah, and got, ferries, yeah, fjords and ferries. Yeah, so yeah. we'll drive into Argentina and then um, into Buenos Aires, mm -hmm. and then we are thinking we're going to drive to Uruguay because that is supposedly the cheapest and most simple place to ship back to the United States from? I think it's it's about the same cost as in Argentina, 
But the port in Buenos Aires is super corrupt and crazy. And it has a bad a reputation. Of, yeah, it's got a lot we of We should be careful saying that because if there's anything we've learned on this trip, it's that a lot of places have a reputation of being deeply corrupt and crazy and difficult to maneuver and haven't been that way for us. Okay, but fair enough, fair know, enough. But, like, I mean, we talked to overlanders. When you're yeah. getting that information, like, firsthand. It's like, oh, yeah. do not go to Buenos Aires port because it's just, like, it's such a hassle. It's true, it's true. We've heard that directly from people that have had that experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas but. Uruguay is supposed to be very straightforward. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to ship the vehicle back to, to Miami. Miami. And we're going to be back in the United States. And while it is shipping, we think... We're hoping we can pull this off. The logistics might be too tough. But we think we might be headed to South Africa just so that Maggie can check something off of her bucket list. Which is going in a great white shark cage. Yeah. It's all I've ever wanted. She's going she, to she's so get in the cage and we're going to go down and then I'm going to intentionally slice my hand to make it more exciting. <laughs> or we can just time it so I'll be on my period. One yeah, or the other. To make Blood it more in the exciting. water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're hoping we can do that, and then we will drive up the East Coast and then across the U.S. and Canada, kind of going back and forth between the two as we see fit. Um, and then eventually we'll actually get home. Yeah. So we'll like have to rewrite the script of like from Patagonia back home again. Yeah. I think that's what we did already, right? Yeah, something like you that. You said and back again. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So it's taken care of. All right. Well, I nailed it. <laughs> I'm a writer, you know. Um, Adam. Yes. It's that time of the week. It's your favorite time of the week. It is. It really is. It's the, your technical The rest corner. of this travel stuff, I don't <laughs> like, know. fuck it. I just want to talk <laughs> about the car yeah. and the stuff that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a very general question from listener Jesse, who mm-hmm. wrote in or maybe Instagrammed in. I, I think both. Yeah. I can't both? keep track of where the, the messages are coming from, but thank you for writing, Jesse. And actually, I got this question from somebody else on Instagram, too. Yeah. Um why we chose a forerunner and we've talked about this in the past but i thought it would be a good topic to just put into a technical corner and i have opinions now yeah in a way that i didn't use oh to. yeah maggie so i can actually participate in this technical corner yeah. so there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of angles to this question just at a very high level like do you choose an suv or do you choose a van or do you choose a truck with a camper attached which mm-hmm. is like those big things that sit in the bed of a truck mm-hmm. or do you choose an rv mm-hmm those are like kind of like the four biggest options. And then in the SUV bracket, you have the option of just driving an SUV and building a platform to sleep inside your car. Mm-hmm. Or you have the option of getting what we did, which is a rooftop tent goes on top of your car. Mm-hmm. Or just using a ground tent, just like you were backpacking um, and sleeping on the ground. If you're wondering why we didn't choose a ground tent, it's because we did a few camping trips in preparation for this larger trip. And it became clear to me really quickly that on days when I was cranky or tired, the idea of having to take like 20 to 30 minutes to select a space, clear out the space, set up the tent, like deal with all those little friggity flaggity poles and everything would have just like sent me into a complete rage inferno. Yeah. And there was no way that I'd be able to sustain that as a lifestyle. We already have set up every time we get to a campsite because we need to set up our kitchen and get mm-hmm. all the stuff out and our car is not huge so everything's kind of interlaced on top of each other and we need to rearrange the car yeah and we've gotten really good at it it's, it's pretty much second nature but, but even without the tent to set up like a ground tent yeah. it still takes like 20 minutes or something yeah 
And so that's uh, that setup time is what we were optimizing for. So mm -hmm. we chose the rooftop tent. How we, of all the types of vehicles, I think was the main question, like mm -hmm. why a Toyota, why a Forerunner? Um, Toyota is first of all they have a reputation for being an extremely reliable um, company. They they mm -hmm. make very very great vehicles, and especially this era of Forerunners was. It has been known for being really, really reliable. The transmissions like never fail. Um, there's a joke in Toyota communities. That's me knocking on wood. Yeah. Sorry. Our, I don't joke. Think, I don't think we're gonna have a breakdown. Joke in Toyota communities. There's a joke in the Toyota communities that like 200,000 miles is when your Toyota 4Runner is broken in. Like that's just like okay, <laughs> it's yeah. not. It's no longer a new vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that you have that, the reliability, that's one huge factor. The other huge factor is Toyota is everywhere in South America. Mm -hmm. So they don't have exactly Forerunner models in most places. They're not Forerunners, but they have another truck called the Hilux, which is basically the same thing. Actually, the Hilux Surf is the exact same thing with very, very small part differences. Mm -hmm. So even with that aside, having it be that they have Tacoma trucks and they have Hilux trucks, they have all these trucks that are very similar to the 4Runner and share a ton of parts. Every big town we've gone to has had a Toyota dealership and service center, if not like two or three. Yeah, um, It's not hard to find used parts here, as we've talked about in past episodes when we needed to do so. Before we left, Adam read a book called Drive Nacho Drive about two people who did like a van version of this trip. Yeah. And one of the biggest holdups for them was waiting for parts. And they, so Adam yeah. was like really adamant that we find a vehicle that didn't have that problem. They had also, I mean, we have not had any breakdowns. Mm -hmm. And I, we, I kind of at the point now where I'm willing to, I bet that we won't have breakdowns. Why do you say things <laughs> like that? But they had breakdowns constantly, like almost in every country. Yeah. They would have something break on their car. And in Colombia, they broke their transmission and could not find a replacement and needed to ultimately smuggle the transmission in through customs because it's not legal to just bring <laughs> expensive car parts into the I forgot that they did some they, smuggling. They smuggled it in inside of a backpack, the transmission. Well, we smuggled some lunch meat. Inside a huge duffel bag, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we smuggled. Duff uh, they also tried to smuggle food across the Argentinian. They uh, were much more smuggle prone than we are. Yeah. Anyway, well, we sh we'll put a link to them in our show notes because it's a it's a cute book. Yeah, it's a good book. Yeah, it's funny. They've um, got a good sense of humor. Yeah. Anyway, so it, those are the two main factors. Uh, also, sentimental wise, I grew up having almost these exact same model years. Uh, both my dad and my mom drove Toyota 4Runners, and mm -hmm. they're like the same exact ones. Um. But that's that's not a real reason to have picked yeah. it. I when I originally came up with the idea for this, like when I was in college, like ten years ago, and I was just like, I'm gonna drive a car. I want to do this. I, it was a Jeep Wrangler that I had in my head, um, and Jeeps are very trail capable. They're very, they'd be great, but I have seen zero or one or maybe two less than Jeeps. three. Yeah, <laughs> less than three Jeeps in a year, basically like nine months on the road here. There yeah. there are no Jeeps, so have that same problem it's an american car there are no parts for it to be found anywhere in this continent so yeah I, it may not be true in central america but definitely true in south america no jeeps they're really good for africa i hear like mm. you can find parts in africa for jeeps but not here yeah and we didn't go with uh 
a camper or an RV because the bigger and more comfortable the vehicle is on the inside, the more difficult it is to maneuver and go to a lot of the places that we've gone. Yeah. So like La Guajira in Colombia would have been completely out of the question. And that was like one of the first major kind of like overlanding things that we got to do that was really exciting and really rewarding. I'd say off-roading, but yeah. Yeah. Like it was a more of an off-road trip, like yeah. mini expedition. We yeah. had that whole southern Peru area that we drove through. Yeah. Where we had our, you know, we got stuck, but we also had a great time on this terrain. And it's just, you can get to these really desolate, far out places. Would not want to take an RV there, would not want to take a van there unless it was really well equipped as like with a, a four wheel drive Although, retrofit kind of thing. I will say, I'm starting to get a pretty big van boner. And yeah. here's why <laughs> <laughs> uh, the indoor cooking space thing yeah. is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, I, they're really cute. And I think that they are easier to keep tidy, like the things inside of it. Our stuff is all just piled on top of each other. People keep asking us to like, oh, post pictures of the inside of your car so we can see how it's all set up. It looks like a garage sale. It, like no, it doesn't look nice. No, no, no. It doesn't look like a garage sale. It looks like a game of Tetris. Or like uh, an episode of Hoarders. It's 3D Tetris. <laughs> no, but everything's organized. It's just it's that organized it's so to us, stacked but on like, top of it. Imagine just everything. a photo of it. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks not good. I think <laughs> if we are going to do something where we show the inside of the vehicle, it should maybe be a video, yeah. maybe a time lapse where we're like taking everything out and putting everything back in. Yeah, So yeah. you can see how that everything fits together. Yeah. Um, That's a good idea you had there, pal. Oh, Maggie's saying that it was her idea. It was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would show it. It's so we're organized, but yeah, with a van, you can just have all your stuff be arranged in where it goes and be accessible, like, as a living space. Mm -hmm. It's more like you have a moving room, where we have more, like, a moving truck that carries around our camping equipment that we need to set up every time we arrive somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, a van's very appealing, but a van is less capable on the True. road, no matter what. You're going to need to go slower. I'm not shadow for a van. Uh, for this trip, yeah. But I am saying that I would trade Shadow for a van once we get home. Well, maybe we'll keep both. Yeah, and then just be those weird people, <laughs> like uh, a we'll lot of cars. We'll have a fleet of overlanding vehicles in our front yard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's normal, I'm right? In, I'm into this. It's <laughs> a good idea. Um, um, only if we let them rest out on the lawn. I think that's <laughs> you have to just park them directly on your front lawn and then let them rest through. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm into the van idea too. I would just want it to be as four-wheel drive capable as possible yeah. we do like put a lift on it and have a decent suspension mm -hmm. and have a four-wheel drive there's not a lot of vans that can even come with four-wheel drive usually you have to get an aftermarket yeah. thing for it and that already makes me a little bit skeeved out because that's like that's they're really not made for that that's something to be yeah exactly yeah when the designers of the vehicle came up with that design they did not think oh this is gonna be a four-wheel drive power delivery so anyway, uh, yeah, I'm, I haven't researched like what options there are. There are a few, and we actually met some someone today on from California. Yeah, we saw California plates on in an overlanding van. We're like, oh, and we pulled over and stopped and talked to him. His name was Josh, and he's like, yeah, this is a Ford Econoline van, and the four wheel drive mm -hmm. is an aftermarket thing that I put on it. Yeah. But then he showed us the inside, and Maggie got a huge van boner. I'm she said. so in love with it. It's so cute. Yeah. And all the little cubbies just adorable yeah anyway but that was a really long technical corner but i i kind of blame maggie because she got in there with lots of this is Maggie's a technical thing that i'm actually interested so in. it's in a maggie and adam's technical corner okay yeah but you can still have a pillow for it maggie 
Can you oh, tell us you. what's in your pillow fort for this week? Um, yeah. So I got um, word from my family. My grandmother is very ill. Um, and so Adam and I are going home tomorrow. Uh, we'll be ho- in L.A. for a week uh, to see my grandmother and spend some time with her and my grandfather who have been married for, I think it's like 63 or 64 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both in their 90s. And uh, it was a sad decision to make. Um, and it's going to be difficult uh, logistically because it means we um, are down here for an extra week closer to winter. Um, and so the weather becomes like a real safety concern. So when we get back here, we're going to have to kind of like haul ass out of Tierra del Fuego and Ushuaia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's very important in the grand scheme. of No, things, it's though. not. But yeah. just like in terms of like thinking this all through, yeah. you know, and so the self-care thing was just um, making the decision being like, nope, there's no way I'm not going to go home. I guess the self-care thing is just making the decision to like absolutely go home and spend that time with my family. Um, and so to that end, also, just so all of you guys know, we won't be recording a podcast that week. We're tr- going to try to travel as light as we possibly can because we have to do like four connecting flights to yeah. get home. Um, it is not a direct route from <laughs> Ushuaia to Los Angeles. <laughs> we're the furthest that you can get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and from. so um, we're not bringing our podcast equipment. So we probably won't podcast for at least 10 days. Yeah. Maybe we'll do one when we get back. Yeah. Uh, um, to the equipment. Uh, so that'll be a break in our normally scheduled programming, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like everyone would understand that reason. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be in LA, which is going to be super strange because we haven't been home in a really long time. We weren't planning on coming home uh, at all Yeah. anymore until we were actually home home. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was oddly timed to be right when we hit the end of the road. And so it's like this kind of crazy punctuation. Yeah. W- there aren't a lot of places that we would be able to do this readily, but Ushuaia is one of them. So Yeah. So in that way, it's, it's like incredibly lucky yeah. that we got this uh, news in a, t- in a place where we're like, we could actually make this happen. Like we right. got online and we're like immediately able to book air, air airfare home. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll get to spend that time with our family. Yeah. Which is all I could ask for. Important self-care for both mm-hmm. of us. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Shall we get into the bees? Before the bees. Before the bees. Oh, we're right. We're replacing We're back Ad- in... Okay. We're in Argentina. So, again, Adam's meat counter is back on the table. But... But Maggie wants to step in here. <laughs> it's being replaced this week. Maggie has a different counter. It's my cheese counter. <laughs> <laughs> and it's... I'm going to just throw out there, it's pretty related to the meat. Totally. Counter. It's part of Perea culture. Yeah. So there's these amazing wood fire grills that sure. go all day long. 30 seconds, Maggie. Um, oh, shit. And they make provoletta and they make it in like a little cast iron thing. It's just barbecued cheese, basically. Yeah. It's just a hot plate full of cheese. And just I, cheese to your face. I knew about this and I knew Maggie was going to love it. And it's really good it's it goes so well with wine it's so it delicious. goes so well with my face yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So Maggie's just been eating only provoletta for the last That's three weeks. That's not true. Although there was one day where we had two servings of provoletta, which I think is <laughs> just not a reasonable amount of provoletta it's, for any person to eat in a day. It's one of those things that I sit down in a restaurant and I have one and it's so delicious. I'm just like, I want to just wave the waiter down and be like, hit me. Hit me again. <laughs> Another round. If I could choose like my method of slowly killing myself, <laughs> <laughs> it would just be to replace all of my food with provoletta. Well, I'm a little worried that's going to happen. But <laughs> anyway, that has been Maggie's Cheese Counter. Shall we move on to the three Bs? Yes, indeed. What do you have for beautiful? Oh, sorry. The three Bs. Which are beautiful, brutal, and bizarre. Yes. And my choice for beautiful mm-hmm. was our lighthouse camping spot. Yeah. That I was would, like the best was. spot ever with the beautiful sunset and everything was perfect and the weather was nice and we watched that movie and I cried and everything was perfect. I totally agree. It's in my top two. To that one I and think that's top. That <laughs> you know, I I was just gonna say the camping spot uh, Laguna Honda when we were on that little peninsula in the middle of the lake surrounded by the but flamingos. But that's also where you had your shitstorm. <laughs> your literal shitstorm. the one <laughs> night of camping that also has like the worst memory. But it was so beautiful <laughs> that it still was like in the top <laughs> camping spots for me. Oh, um, man. I still get so many messages about how <laughs> people really enjoyed hearing about your shit woes. I don't, don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Trigger warning, Adam. <laughs> your shit woes. Um, What's your choice for beautiful? Is it your shit story? <laughs> no, it's not. Um, that didn't happen this week, Maggie. <laughs> I'm all clear. Great poops. Um, this week, uh, just driving. I don't know if it's a special thing because of the climate, but I noticed multiple times the clouds doing this thing where they actually look like paintings. Like I, I've seen so many paintings where clouds are drawn this way. I'm like, clouds don't look like that. But they're like really soft clouds, but because they go off into the distance so far and it's so clear and crisp in the air, there's this like swirly pastel thing they do as they go to the horizon Mm -hmm. and it just doesn't look real. And they're like, they'll just be different shades of pink or purple towards the end of the day. Um, It was really beautiful. And we've seen that a a couple different days. Yeah. I think it's a uniquely uh, Tierra del Fuego thing in terms of like how often it happens, but beautiful clouds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam, do you have a choice for Brutal this week? Brutal. Oh, yeah. When we were still in uh, Punta, no, no, in Puerto Natales, Mm -hmm. hanging out with William and Katya for our last night, we were up pretty late. Well, we decided to get real drunk. It was like the last time we were going to see them. Yeah. It was was kind of a... And so at like four o'clock in the morning, we were like, oh my God, it's four o'clock in the morning and we've drunk a lot of wine. We didn't realize it was four and we had been just like in our hotel lobby (laughs) <laughs> making tons of noise. I remember like the guy in the, the security guard having to come over multiple times. He didn't like, come over. He just looked at us from his no, desk. No, he came like, over. Shh. He came over. What? He he like hung, he came, he stood up from his desk and came over and I was, was like in the bathroom for waving. That. He's like, hey guys, guys, you got it. You got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we were up till four. We had to get up pretty early in the next morning. Which we didn't and do. And we hadn't brushed our teeth and we were drinking red wine all night and our mouths were just like, Oh, that was disgusting. Purple colored and our yeah. teeth were purple colored and our lips had this like film on them on the inner lip of red wine. <laughs> it was it was a pretty brutal hangover. Yeah. That was that's my pick. Maggie, your pick? Mine's just the wind in the penguin camping spot. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just getting moved bodily by wind is just always gonna be my choice. Yeah. Uh, that was brutal for me too, but I was more worried about shadow. Not oh. 
No I offense. thought you were going to say worried about you, and I was going to be like, oh, you don't have to. Oh, you're not worried about the car. No, I'm just worried about ri- <laughs> ripping the tent. Yeah. Like the wind yeah. being so hard, like one big gust and coming and just like popping seams at the top would be a big problem, and I don't really want to have to try to figure out how to repair that down yeah. here. Um, yeah. So, Maggie, what's your pick for Bizarre? I'm going to say king penguins, but <laughs> specifically king penguins when they're lying on the ground. Because they just kind of, like, they have those big flappy arms, and then they have tiny little feet. And when they lie down, they really just look exactly like a burrito. (laughs) It's just a burrito. You can't tell me that that's not a burrito. There's no, that's exactly why seals hunt them. It's like they just look like food. Mm, They do to me, too. (laughs) That's why I hunt them. I've never looked at an animal and just immediately burst out laughing. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened when we saw those king you penguins. You were pretty enthralled. Oh, the yeah, they were so silly. Yeah. And it's it's one thing to see like a video of them. They're still funny, but it's another thing to encounter them in the real world and be like, you're actually you're a real thing. Yeah. You're not just like a because anything on TV can happen, right? Like you have kind of a distance from anything on TV, but it actually inhabiting the same reality as you. You're like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. What do you even think you are, you silly bird? King penguins. I like that your note for this says, penguins, what are they even? Who do they think they are? Yeah, who do they <laughs> think they are? <laughs> um, What's your choice for Bizarre Buddy? Mine is just ice bars, you know? What are they even and who well, do they think they are? Let's be specific here. Ice <laughs> bars sounds like it could be a thing that exists in nature. We uh, mean right. themed alcohol establishments i think (laughs) i've so we actually at this point should probably go into one of these i've heard about them in japan and i thought it was like a very special thing but like why in tourist places do people like ice bars why in a cold place i would go to an ice bar in phoenix okay you know is it actually ice like do you sit on blocks of ice yeah or at least the one in sweden you do and so i had to they give you like a jumpsuit to wear inside oh. kind of like the ones oh. we wore um to take that boat ride in Torres del Paine uh-huh. uh, so it's already like this is not like a sexy fun bar situation like you're in a fucking jumpsuit yeah. and then you sit down and here's where you learn that no matter how many layers there are between you and ice putting your butt on ice is just never going to be comfortable mm. so that's that was my experience with an ice bar and I went when I was like 20 so like at the age where I would have found that fun yeah you know i was like really jazzed to go to the ice bar and then we got there and i was like this is fucking overrated and i hate it i have a hard time believing that anyone is like oh i love ice bars like there's no way anyone has ever said that right like (laughs) who likes an ice bar i don't know i really just don't get putting them in a cold place if you guys are listening and you like an ice bar yeah let us know let maggie know email email maggie (laughs) (laughs) let us know and also be sure to explain why yeah. Oh, yeah. Please don't yeah. just be like, I like it. Yeah. We need we need details because I, I don't understand. They they're, they seem very bizarre to me. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that wraps it up. It does. So as we mentioned, there will be no uh, episode next week on account of us going home. Yeah. Um, we'll be posting lots of our pictures on Instagram, though. It'll give us kind of a nice excuse to just like really use all the photos we took. Yeah. We're um, a little backlogged. Yeah. Because usually we try to like keep the photos up to date with where we are. Maggie's so. very strict about the TBTs and the WBTs and all the That's things. That's not that okay. Are anyway, way back um, Tuesdays, right? So on that end, 
<laughs> you can follow us on Instagram to see all of our photos at Let's Not Panic. And you can also subscribe and review us on iTunes or your podcaster of choice. Yeah, we really like it when you do that. It's true. It warms our cold, cold little hearts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And also, guys, we do show notes for everything that we talk about during the show. Mm -hmm. Um, If there are any links to products or anything that is relevant to other people's blogs, we're going to talk. We talked about that book, for instance, Mm -hmm. uh, Drive Nacho Drive. It'll be there in the show notes. Um, And you can find those at letsnotpanic.com. Or in your podcatcher of choice, if you click the info button, usually you'll be able to see them right there. And every week I do a map of the places that we have been. Mm-hmm. And they uh, this map will be pretty interesting because it's all over Isla, or not Isla, uh, the island of Tierra del Fuego. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, guys. This is what it sounds like where we are. <laughs>